Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 114. You got Chris and Brian once again. And today we're going to talk about shooting pistols at night in the dark uh, while doing practical shooting drills. Yeah, and how apropos that we're time change weekend. So um, yeah. you know, it seems like we're, we're, we're out of low light and back into a normal light for the year. Um, but even as I say that, I'm still carrying a gun with a flashlight on it. Funny thing that. Um, we ran a number of drills, guys. Um, and and I, the last couple times we've done low light, we've either had good contrast because of snow on the ground and or um, some moonlight and stuff like that. This time around, it was pretty dark, even though it was super, super yeah. clear. It was a gorgeous night. Uh, lots and lots of stars to be seen, but not a whole lot of light to be had. Um, so, you know, this, this night, um, was a lot about finding the sites, was a lot about finding the next target, was a lot about, uh, some stuff around getting into position, um, before you get into position, getting ready to go before you stop moving and land on a spot and some other things like that. Um, and, and honestly, kind of, it felt to me like a kind of a culmination of the last few nights of low light, bringing everything together into one place and kind yeah. of saying, okay, you, we did this, and then we did this, and we did this. Now we're going to put this and this together, and now we're going to put it all together. And it felt like that was a little bit of this night. Um, guys, we're still in the middle of the, the great ammo drought. Um, so some of these drills were modified uh, for, for a lower round count. Maybe you know, if there's two shots on target, maybe one shot on target. Um, most of these drills were shot uh, strictly on the upper A zone, uh, defined as basically the, the A in the center of an IPSC target to the top of the A zone. Um, anything, even if, even if it was center line, if it was a, if it was below the A or, or outside of the A zone, uh, was a no go. Um, called headshots. I think I had one. Um, and the only reason I took the headshot is because that's where the dot was. Um, that, that's just where the dot was when I came down on it. So I'm like, yeah. screw it. I'm taking that headshot and took it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so, you know, this is, these are, you know, and I would say distances, what, you know, each drill will be a little bit different, but distances were no more than 20 yards. I think the, yeah, the long shots were maybe 20. Maybe. Otherwise we're probably, most of it was probably a 10, maybe yeah. a little inside of that. Yeah. Or varying in between depending on what, what we were doing. So, so we're going to run through the drills that we did, talk a little bit about each drill, how it sets up, um, see if we can remember what the actual drill is and then kind of how we ran it. Cause again, we modified it a little bit for the sake of not burning through 11 billion rounds of ammo. Um, especially when you're talking about pushing multiple guys through, you know, four or five different drills in a night. Um, some of these drills had, would have fairly decent round counts. Um, and so time constraints and, and not burning through a bunch of ammo was, was the order of the day, but still getting the reps in. Yeah. One so. of the other things that we made a conscious effort to do was to run all but one of, or all but two of the drills, um, dry multiple times before we ran them hot. True. And that really worked to... One, make sure everybody understood the course of fire. Yep. And then two, to refine some of the movement patterns and other tasks that needed to be accomplished during the drill yeah. um, in a dry fashion. So we could, everybody could really pay attention to what was going on. Um, no one was distracted by the shooting and yeah. by trying to figure out where rounds were going into targets. Um, but it got people you know, more opportunities to fix things like movement, presentation, um, light management, that kind of stuff. Interesting commentary on that specifically. Um, even though we did that, we had probably two, at least two different occasions where while somebody ran through it dry and did everything perfectly dry, when you, when you load live ammo in the gun, um, you know, there's, there's that whole like, oh, it's game time. Um, doing dry fire practice should still be game time. 
And so when you load ammo in the gun and you go, oh, now it's game time, um, you're not doing the dry part of it right. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to pick on one of our guys without, without mentioning his name, but he knows who he is and he's the only guy who wears hats all the time. Um, the reality check was, we, you know, that whole, like just leaping into a position, setting your feet and then turning. And we'll talk about that specifically yeah. a little more. Um, but I will say as you're doing your dry fire, what, what that, what that brought to light for me is, as you are doing dry practice, dry runs of different drills and stuff like that. But you, you know, it's really easy to focus on, like you said, on everything but the shot breaking and doing everything perfectly. But when you transition over to the hot gun, try and do what you just did dry correctly and really focus on it. Because sometimes when we go hot with the gun and get that game time mentality, we try and speed things up a notch or two. And the reality is, if you know the drill, then your dry run should be at that notch or two higher anyway. So bear that in mind as you're doing your training mentally. Where are you at mentally as you're doing the dry stuff? If you're just kind of going through the motions dry, stop, bear down, focus, do fewer reps or whatever you have to do um, to get good dry runs in. So yeah, I'll say that. Okay, cool. Uh, so the first drill we we start out with is a bent starter drill called distance changeup. <clears throat> uh, there are two targets at we have about four yards mm-hmm. away. Um, placed a target width apart with a third target um, between those two targets down at, I think, about 12, 15 yards, something like that. Yeah. Uh, the official drill, I believe, is two rounds per target uh, on the close ones, you know, in the A box. And then you get a the far target is a headshot. Uh, a bunch of us run this one round per target up front and then one round for the headshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people were doing uh, pairs on the close targets and then, you know, a single round for the headshot. Yeah. Uh, it's kind yeah. of a... Heard as much ammo as you wanted to or didn't want to kind of night. Sure, sure. And we did multiple reps of each one, both dry and hot. So, you know, if you're looking at running this drill multiple times, you know, you're only looking at five rounds per time. But if you start running at a bunch of different reps, you could burn through a little bit of ammo fairly yeah. quickly. Um, you know, and again, with the conservation of ammo in mind, is there the only thing you're losing out on is maybe that, you know, that second shot, how what your grip looks like if you're doing a hammer you know, or, yeah. or a, even a controlled pair, what is the controlled pair? You're losing that practice, but your transition, your trigger control and your transition, target target transitions were all the same. Yep. So you're not giving up much in that drill, I don't think, by firing one less round per target. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, times on that. Uh, I, I, I'm going to throw out there, we talk about mental acuity and paying attention to what's going on. Um, for whatever reason, I didn't, I felt like coming out of the holster, was fine, but like my on target time and stuff like that was not really where I wanted it to be. Um, and, and I realized the, where we'll talk a, real quickly about equipment. Um, Trichcon RMR 06 type two has an auto setting. I run mine on the auto setting the vast majority of the time. Um, when you are shooting a close enough target that you get a lot of light splashing back on it, like in this drill, um, your dot is, is easy to pick up at, at up close and at distance in this case, cause the two targets were close enough together to give you some splashback to make the dot visible. Mm. Um, but I, I found myself a couple different times with the dot, not exactly where I wanted from a brightness perspective. And rather than chase the dot, I just transitioned to front sights, which made it a little bit slower for me than I wanted. And I wasn't really catching on to the fact that I didn't have my dot on manual. And I kind of left it that way because I run the dot on auto because auto generally works brilliantly except outdoors. And on the first drill, it was a little weird and I couldn't kind of figure out why 
I found myself just using the front sight and going on, um, especially on the up close targets, which were almost point shoot, point shoot kind of targets. Yeah. It was like get that that outline of the gun, the silhouette of the gun referenced where you want it on the target, press the shots off and go. Um, but as a result, I went full potato and dumped one round. Like I dumped a round on one of those runs by like three freaking inches that had nothing to do with anything other than not seeing what I should have been seeing. So that was an interesting observation with the dot was that that adjustment factor on some of those dots. Make sure you're aware of how that works when you're doing low light, which is why you should be doing, even if it's just going through your house killing Canadians um, in the basement, you know, make sure that you're finding out what your dot's going to do. Some of the, um, the hollow suns auto adjust, issue. yeah, do the same kind of thing. They do funky oh. things, and you need to know that. So that's where it matters to get out and do that with your gun. So I don't consider it a equipment like a shortcoming of equipment. It just is. You got to learn to work with it. Yeah, yeah. So. I had the exact same issue with the hollow sun 507C. Yep. Um, and on the the two close targets, basically the the outline of the optic is right about the same size as the A zone. Yep. Yes. So it was bracket the A zone with the optic, yep. put the shots in there, and then as soon as the the light got focused out, the center of the expanded ultra mm -hmm. got focused out on that far target. The dot was there, and it was in the headshot. Yep, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I saw too. Um, and and I will throw out, you know, I, I keep saying this about the dots. I don't think the dot optic buys you much if you're a solid shooter. And I'll I'll brag and say we're solid shooters. Um, I don't think the dot buys you much until you get out of what we would call point shooting distances, body index distances, um, or silhouette of gun instances. I know that like we talked about that, like Jim Cirillo talked a little bit about like point shooting, but he called it, you know, that like silhouette index or something like that on the gun, looking over the gun, seeing the alignment of the barrel and going, yeah, that's in the middle of the target. That's good enough. Press the shot beyond those distances. If you have that mechanically down beyond those distances are where the dot shines. And that's kind of, that was my epiphany for dots years ago was running retention stuff up close and then all of a sudden we transitioned to a far target and it was like oh and it had the same kind yeah. of epiphany but but the whole recognition i just i, I don't i wasn't thinking about it it's like oh oh that's right it does that yeah so that speaks to not having enough time in the dark in my opinion even though i've got two years with it and we do a lot of low light so i guess maybe the takeaway is get out and train more yeah even, i think you know, this is one of the first times we really pushed you know big full-size ipsic targets mm -hmm. at pretty close distances in the yes. dark yeah you know a lot of our historically a lot of our low light shooting has been on quarter size steel at 10 yards yep. and you don't get the same photonic effect or back, True. back blast yeah um from the lights um which again just doing different things yep. will find chinks in your equipment yeah yeah and like i said and like i said i don't look at it as any kind of a failure I, I tend not to look at equipment failures. I tend to look at me failures. The equipment does what it does. Um, I need to learn what it's going to do in extremis when I need it. And this was one of those reminders of, oh, yeah, it's going to do this. Okay, yeah. cool. And I, I transitioned to the front sight, no problem. I had zero – or transitioned to the outline of the gun, no problem. It was just kind of one of those things like, wow, you know, where's where's that dot at? Uh, who cares? Yep. Shoot the damn target and go on. So, And yeah, then when great. I transitioned to the far target, it's like, oh, there it is. Hi, hi my little friend. Yeah, so to, to bring this up, because it's kind of a recurring theme um, throughout the night, mm -hmm. I definitely actually found this issue, kind of isolated it, and was able to switch to manual mode on the next drill. Yeah. Uh, but another one of our guys, uh, he spent all night extremely frustrated with his dot because he couldn't find it, and he thought it was a presentation issue. 
Yeah, when and actually it, wasn't, it was it's a it light was a, issue. It was a light auto adjust issue. Yeah. Um, so if you are you know running a dot, take the time, get comfortable with you know how the dot actually operates. Yeah. Um, read through the manual. You know, know <gasps> how to adjust it. <gasps> read the instructions. You know, no! find the yeah. find out. You know, okay, what what makes it auto adjust to very dim? What makes it auto adjust to very bright? Yeah. Um, you know, know what's going on. Um, know when you may want to run manual mode. Know when you may want to run auto mode. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. will say for sure. If 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 the gun for me, if I was a professional end user. Um, and I'm working B company as a law enforcement officer, knowing that I'm going in the dark, I would probably run my dot on manual mode. I would probably set the brightness so that when I pop my light, it's, it's bright enough. I can see it. Um, or if I work C company where I'm coming into daylight, I would probably set the dot so that it's bright enough that when I hit my light, I can see it. Um, and just understand you're going to eat a little more battery doing that. Um, but as somebody who puts the gun on and carries it pretty much all day long, I didn't really have a lot of concerns about that. I, I leave mine on auto mode for that exact reason. And also as a civilian, my perception of what are realistic threats that I'm going to be able to engage is that they're going to be a little bit closer on average. So I leave mine on manual, but I also, I think I'm getting to a point now where it's kind of an automatic response to no dot. Who cares? Yeah. Use the front sight. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Stop beating that horse. Cool. Um, yeah. Good times for this drill were, I'd say under four seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, it really did force you to, you know, to be quick up close, Yep. but then take your time and refine the sight fixture that you needed, um, to get that headshot and, you know, manage the trigger appropriately for the headshot. Yeah. Um, cause you could, you could blaze on the, the too close targets. Exactly. Yep. Cool. Cool. Uh, the next drill we did, uh, we called the decelerator drill, um, uh, which is actually the first half of the Ben Stoger accelerator drill. Um, so three targets placed um, horizontally, basically right next to each other, um, but in distance, um, close ones at five, next ones at 10, far ones at about 15 yards, yeah. um, thereabouts, plus or minus a yard. Um, the idea is, you know, controlled pairs, the official accelerator drill is, you know, pairs on each target, um, you do a slide lock reload after the last one and then come back up. Um, we only went out because we felt like that would be more likely of a scenario from a civilian um, gunfight type perspective. Um, and again, it forced you to, to go quickly up close and then to kind of slow down as you went out um, yeah. to make sure you got your hit. Yeah, it's kind of a, this is a, a, almost mentally for me kind of a um, El Prez drill, um, but adjusting to distance and stuff like that. And, and the transitions obviously target to target are a lot closer than an El Prez. Yeah. Um, and, 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 by, by this time, again, with the first target being close, um, you know, mentally I was already into, Hey, this is a close target. I'm pretty much just going to get the, the shape of the gun on it and pop, pop and go on. Um, going out to distance. I, it was funny cause the misses that I observed were almost like guys trying to go too fast on that second target. Cause they just done a really quick pair on the first. Yep. And then when they got to the third target, they're like, okay, the, the decelerator drill, let's decelerate and get the good hits. But it was interesting how many people were not in the, in the misses were minuscule. They were on the line or they were half inch misses or whatever. Um, but it was interesting to see that like mental aspect again of chasing. I just went really fast and it seemed like that only happened on the first run and everybody kind of got the hang of it. I set up for this run wrong all three times. I set off about a step to the right from where I should have been. Mm. So it made the transitions quite a bit bigger. Um, and I, and I, and it kind of defeats the purpose of the drill because the purpose of the drill again is 
not transition to transition to transition big. It's getting quick and, you know, doing that. Um, but either way, I still like, I still like this drill a lot for the transition aspect of it because you don't have to have huge swings to mentally drop from one to the next. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, anybody that flubbed their draw a little bit or was chasing you know, to catch back up. Yeah. I think that's where that second target yep. um, caught some people out. Yeah, if your grip wasn't perfect off the draw strike, we're running all this from concealed. If your grip wasn't perfect off the draw strike, that second target was just far enough. It's like, oh hey, hey, who, what about this little guy over here? You know. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, from there, we did the Todd Green Pistol Training um, fast test. Uh, we ran that twice. Um, mm -hmm. Didn't use the official fast test target, but ran um, the Ipsic targets out to seven yards. Um, upper A zone for the four body shots, and then the two uh, credit card hits for the head box. Yeah, and I think that's probably a pretty good assimilation of that drill. Yeah. Um, you know, draw two to the two to the credit card, and then reload and four to the body. Um, my first one on this, I felt like I was just incredibly slow and came out at like just under seven seconds, which for not having run that drill, I don't, I don't, I don't want to run that drill as a drill. I want to run that drill as a test. It's called the fast yep. test for a reason. Um, and, and not having done it and doing everything from concealment, I know that like the critical time is five seconds or under. Is like the holy smokes, you're really moving quick. Yeah. Um, seven seconds on that felt like I took my sweet ass time. Uh, the hits were no problem. When I tried to speed it up, I dumped the, the second freaking headshot, went short. And, and that drill is so awesome because it's so vexing because it's not complicated, nor is it easy. Yeah, I still like that test a lot, um, but don't don't be a don't don't be a shitbird and go and do that over and over and over and over again because it really is putting things together and it's a little bit backward um, as well. Drawing two shots and reloading is is not necessarily something I want to chase down over and over and over again. So, but I, I like that test a lot and I failed it miserably. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, but again, yeah, that, you know, that, that there there is no. No margin for error on nope. that drill. Nope. It's got to be perfect. It's um, got to be perfect. Yeah. So two runs at that. Um, that was that one we did not do dry um, before we did it. Um, a drill we've ran numerous times on occasion over the years. Um, so it was just, hey, we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be ready to do it. Game time. Yeah. And I almost wonder, you know, if you did simulate the slide lock and do the reload, might have been good dry reps. But I, no, but I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Until just now, it's like, oh, that might have been a chance to practice a reload because that wasn't something we were doing dry heavy. So, yep. or it, it was an opportunity to find out who was <clears throat> practicing the reloads. And, and I and I know I know one person for certain that was not um, me because uh, it was it was it was ugly. <laughs> yeah, um, and that was me too. Yeah. Uh, so I'm running a relatively new to me. Um, she's 17. Yep. Uh, I came across some magazines that had Vickers uh, base plates on them. Yep. And I recently installed a Magpul Magwell on that G17. Mm. Uh, those things do not all play nicely together. One so. of these things is not like your mother. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, on the reload, it was magazine went in, first round went out. Yeah. And then the magazine promptly fell out of the gun. Yeah. Uh, to which it was a, a slower transition to a third magazine. Um, in a pocket to yeah. finish out the drill. But and I'm also wondering if I'm surprised you got a round, honestly, because with yeah. the Vickers, um, with the Magpul Magwell and the Vickers, that was something I got, I had on the 19 and had the exact same thing happen in a drill or like, and except I went to a second mag slammed it in and it fell out too. And I'm like, Holy crap. Uh, and they're like, Oh, these things don't play well together. Um, and I will throw that out as 
as an advertisement for Gen 5 Glocks. Gen 5 Glocks uh, have a built-in flared magwell that almost every aftermarket base plate will work with. Um, and it's enough of a flared magwell. If you're doing USPSA open class, nope, it's not going to, you know, it's not what you want. Um, yeah. But it, it works really, really well for a carry gun. So, and hence, part of the reason I've transitioned as much as I can to the Gen 5 guns. That's yeah. one of a couple reasons. So, yeah. Oh, uh, so the lesson learned there is, you know, as we're still kind of in the, you know, the great shortage of guns, uh, magazines at the moment are plentiful, but that could quickly change. Yeah. Uh, as you come across, you know, pieces, parts, building guns, tra buying guns, dare I say trading guns. Adapting your uh, kit. You know, moving stuff around. Yeah. Take the time to make sure that all of it works properly. Um, changing out, you know, one part may make something else no longer function as it as it used to. Yeah, and I and and I, I will say that I'm I'm going to defend myself a little bit here. When I had that epiphany, it was out of a bag of training only mags. Um, you know, that's I, what these were too. exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I mean, you know, and if that's the case, learning that's where you're supposed to learn that stuff is on the range. Um, I would not have changed out base plates on a gun and not gone out and run some mag changes, some shots, some transitions, some different things without having confirmed that with a carry mag. Um, it just so happens that I have a bag of training mags that I put a magwell on. Oh, this is really cool. Oh crap. It doesn't work with this. And you kind of, that's where you figure it out is on the range. Not, you know, as you're walking around the world, hopefully. So yeah, vet, vet your gear. I wonder where you've heard that before Vet your gear test drive it. So yeah, cool. Um, the next drill we did, uh, was the, um, uh, this is one of, from, yeah, from Stoger's book. I think it's the Kim drill. Um, uh, if you listen to practical shooting after dark. Um, that's the guy they refer to as Professor Kim. It is called Stop Go. So it's a horizontal suicide drill. Um, start position, and then at three, six, and nine yards, um, you got cones. And one more. No, right? we just have four. Three, oh, just four. Okay. Yeah, okay. just four. See, seemed longer than that. We, Maybe it's because I'm fat. We've done it in the past with six cones. Okay. Um, okay. But the official drill has only four cones. Okay, gotcha. Um, so it's from the, from the draw on the first first target um, each cone has a target associated with it um, those targets alternated between five and ten yards out uh -huh. uh, I think it was ten five ten five if I recall right or there yeah approximately yeah the first the first one was long the last one was short and the others oh. alternated in between yeah yeah so you shoot the first target move to the second cone shoot the second target move back to the first cone shoot the first target um, Go to the third cone, shoot the third, third target, run back to the first cone, shoot that target, go to the fourth cone, shoot target, finish back at the first cone and the first target. Yeah. Um, yeah, we ran this dry several times. I think the dry, in this case, really helps some people yep. start to put the idea together that I can stop, turn, and run the light and get on the sights all at the same time. Well, and I would say that in, in my, and I would actually argue that point. I think that if you're coming into position, you're turning, getting the gun up, extended, arms going toward extension before you're actually stopped. Not yeah. trying to do it all at once, but prepping yourself to land in that position so that when you land, you can make the shot um, was where, was you literally could track the times and the people that were doing it were shaving time off of how they yeah. were doing it. Um, and and then the, the hat guy that I was making, that I was teasing earlier, this was where it was obvious, like when we ran it dry, um, getting into position, getting arms extended out, getting the turret turned, and then getting the feet planted, boom, make the shot. Um, but then when we ran it hot, it was run, 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 jump, hit, turn, light on, 
bang. And it was like, wow, yeah. there's a whole sequence of events there that you could have been doing before you stopped. Um, and, and, I, and I think he acknowledged that. It was like, yeah, I'm, I just reverted back to what I've always done. Um, you know, so it was, it, that, that was one observation. Um, another observation that one of the other guys made uh, that I thought was pretty interesting. Cone one, target one. Cone two, target two. We were running shot on cone one, transition light to target two as you're taking a step or two, keeping the gun up and staying on that target because it's such a short movement. Yeah. But you were prepped because you knew where you were landing and you knew where the target was already versus, and then going back to target one, same thing, light transition movement back, take the shot. And the light never came off from T1 to T2, position two, back to T1, back to T1 position one. Um, but then when you went to position three, target three, you were turning your light off because you were moving a further distance. You didn't want to let the whole world know where you were until you got there. But there's like that instant of as you're landing, getting the gun up and then finding that target. Um, and there was a little bit of conversation around how, how soon do you hit the light? How perfect do things have to be, et cetera? Because at that point you've gone one to two to one and you're kind of headed the wrong direction. And then you head back and you have to find that, that like awareness spatially, of where that next target was, and it was interesting that the the time change on that, um, plus the idea that that target was a further target as well, yeah. um, and and that there were a lot of I, 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 there there are misses because they weren't up a race zone. There were a lot of misses, but not big misses, which is cool. But there are a lot of shots that weren't where they're supposed to be because folks were struggling to decelerate, get the long shot, get the light on, and do all those things. And that target maybe that speaks to needing to break down that particular movement or that particular behavior at a further distance of movement on a further target. Maybe. Maybe there's yeah. something to be learned there. I don't know. I don't Could know be. what it is. We had to break that down. Because yeah, we really haven't talked about with, it since then. Play with that. You know, yeah. Future, yeah. Future nights. But one um, of the other Brian's brought that up and said, you know, hey, you know, hey, this is, you know, I noticed this. That's where people are losing time or dropping the shot, one or the other. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, interesting. So, the, again, trying to diagnose what it is that's going on over a larger group of things. One of the other things this drill really brings to light is who's done their legwork and who hasn't. Yep. Uh, because there's not only a lot of explosive movement out of positions to get to the next one, but being able to control um, deceleration yeah. and use your quads as brakes, um, getting into that next position um, is really critical. And then be able to just stay there, kind of prime to move um, while you take the shot to explode back in another direction yeah it was it, I, I i always find myself interested in what drills wind you and what drills don't um and i will tell you that taking the taking the two extra cones out of this drill i, I with no big deal but with two extra cones in it it's like holy crap i gotta take a few yeah. seconds here and catch my breath um yeah but I, again like that drill um got i think some good feedback out of it on on a few different things um, but I like that, I like that drill a lot for a lot of different reasons, but like I said, the feedback was interesting, curious to do, to do with the light and, and is there a, is there a cheat for the light and are you, if there's a cheat, is it out, is it letting, is it letting the drill outrun good tactics? And that would be something yeah. I want to, that's something I want to explore a little further on some of those getting into position, where's the light supposed to be, is it, you know, when does the light come on, et cetera, right. kind of thing, right? Especially because there's no cover in this. There's no cover in this drill. The yeah. cover is the light and then bullets at some point. So Yeah, we yeah. were running this, you know, in the dark with small little agility cones. Yep. Um, yeah, I did notice a lot of times, especially the fourth cone and then coming back to the first cone, 
a lot of guys never really made it all the way back to the first cone by probably a step or two. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it was dark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And being exactly on the cone wasn't necessarily the drill. Yep. Um, yeah, and again, from a, this, these drills really are, um, call it more mechanics-based. Uh, yes. We weren't, we're not focusing on tactics. Nope. This was, you know, how can we refine, you know, mechanics and taking our last low-light night or full low-light night and really, you know, trying to work light manipulation, um, those kind of things. Well, light manipulation, footwork, body position, um, you know, I mean, literally, yeah. you know, putting it all together, acceleration, deceleration, uh, where you at in the position, which positions do you need to, you know, turn and run, you know, and, and get in that high port so you can actually move versus what positions can you stay on the target, take a couple quick shuffle steps and take the shot. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, I just, I don't know that, that drill put a lot of that stuff together. And I think, and, and on whole, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving, you know, I'm giving the one guy some grief about it. Um, but it, on the whole, everybody was doing that very well. And, and again, the hits were pretty good too. If, if there were misses, they were, they were by very, very little, um, on an upper A zone with that kind of, you know, movement, you know, which I think is solid. So good stuff. Yeah. Definitely good stuff. Yeah. For our last drill, um, we did the Pat Blaze X. Uh, but what I called the asymmetrical blaze X. Yep. So we ran this with blue barrels. So we kind of run into them um, for positioning sake and make them a little bit easier to find as well in the dark. Yeah. The um, the setup of the barrels normally is is a square basically with one in the middle. Yeah, five and, yards apart. Yeah. In this case, we put the if you're standing at the middle barrel, the right front and the left rear were a lot further out, and the left front and right rear were a little closer. With the oh. left front being Left front was like three yards. The was, right rear was probably closer to like 10 or 12. That's what I'm saying. So the, yeah. the left front was close, and then the right rear was probably normally where it would have been, um, essentially. Um, and and I, I think this was interesting because this was something that we watched. If you know the Blaze X drill, there's kind of a cheat to it. It is, you know, it's basically starting in the middle, going to the rear, but then running through the positions and only slowing down enough to make the hit. Um, there, there's a little, we, this led to another conversation we'll, we'll, I'll come back to in a minute. Um, about the gamesmanship of that particular drill, but also understanding that the point of the drill is to get in position enough to make the hit. Um, and and this, this definitely kind of messed with you a little bit if you were coming front to rear, because coming from left rear through the middle to left, or right rear through the middle to left front, uh, I, I, I like ran into the barrel twice. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow, that's a lot. Or, or overran the barrel once and ran yeah. into it once where you're just like, wow, that's a lot closer. Um, but, but I did like that because it's not as consistent a movement. You kind of had to find your way around. Um, yeah. and again in the dark and there was, there was enough ambient light. Um, you, you can know. see the barrels. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That, that one lone light out there, girl, um, <laughs> you know, gave you just enough to make sure that you weren't, you know, tripping over stuff. So, but yeah. 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 Uh, and this was again, getting back to the, if I have a farther movement, you know, it's probably turn my light off. Yep. And get where I got to go and then re reorient and yep. do some work um, with the, the center to that left front. It was two or three steps. If, uh, you know, yeah. just keep the light on the target, you know, hit the target, get right back to that center, uh, hit the target again, and then go do whatever you got to do or yeah. be done. Cause that may have been the last position to shoot. Yeah. Curiously, not a lot of misses. Yeah. Um, the distances were probably a little bit greater. There was just as much movement, um, and we were running this on the timer. Everybody ran it significantly faster the second time through, and and still generally clean. 
Um, you know, and, and like, so that, that kind of surprised me. I figured the differential of movement, the lack of consistency, the fact that the movement wasn't linear, et cetera. Um, you know, and, and it was, you know, I don't, I don't know what a good time for a blaze X is 15 ish. Is that, that's 15 is fast, 15, right? 15, I think is really fast. Yeah. 15 is um, fast. 20 is good. 18 to 20 is yeah. solid. Part of it with the blaze X is like, I've done it. We've done it where, you know, everything's exactly, yeah. You know, the center is at 10, you know, five yep, yards. Five, 10, 15. The, yeah. Um, I've also done it in class with Pat Mack where, you know, the center is at seven. Yeah. And the cones are three yards away. Yeah. Um, so to, to have, it's a drill that unless everything's exactly the same every time. I don't it's know hard to the pull the metrics. are good yeah. for a metric standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, for this given night, it seemed like if you were 20 seconds-ish, you were doing pretty good. Yeah, and I think that's the first one I ran. I was uh, probably chasing twenty-five. Ran it, you know, relatively slow. Um, didn't didn't cheat it. Um, just ran it kind of randomly, like point to point. But come back through the second time just to see if it made a difference because you know we know we talk about that and that was something that came up. Um, went ahead and ran it as the cheat and ran it, it five seconds faster. Yeah. Because I ended up right at twenty or just under twenty or something like just over just under somewhere in there. Um, and, and for me moving, you know, I'll take that any day of the week. Uh, the other thing to bear in mind too, surface matters running this, some of the places we run it, run it where the grass is like a freaking tennis court. Um, you know, yeah. up North, um, the, the range is, the grass is gorgeous up there, like but more hard packed gravel exactly. Yeah. Versus here you're running and it's almost like running, you know, on the beach or something like that. So, uh, which is fine. It's still awesome yeah. stuff. So, um, so uh, real quick, uh, a conversation around running through the middle. Um, it came up that, you know, Hey, that's a really bad idea uh, or it's a really bad idea unless you know where you're going next. And if next is linear from that position in the same direction, that's great. Um, and, and that, that kind of came up as like a, Hey, tactically speaking, this may or may not be a good thing to do that gamesmanship aspect of it. Again, I, I this is a drill to me. Um, I definitely don't have a problem with that mentality, but I think if most people, running this as a drill is about to me more about refining your body position and sight picture just enough to get the hit and move on. And usually it's done on steel. Yep. So there's really good feedback um, versus checking at the end and seeing if you were honest or not with your trigger press and your sight alignment. Um, so I, again, even though that conversation came up, that is something to consider. From, this was not a tactics night in my mind. So I, I don't really have an issue with it, but there's a conversation around cheating that. I don't know that it's cheating it for the purposes of what this drill's trying to push. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, if so, if, and I'll kind of chime in and say, if I'm moving from one position of cover to another, yeah. and it becomes a necessity to take a snapshot in the middle, yeah, uh, I want to take that snapshot and get back to moving as quick as humanly possible. Uh, so in that case, you know, maybe I'm falling forward as I break that shot. Yeah, maybe I've, you know, I'm up on both tiptoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've definitely seen people like fully plant. And get squared up, you know, all the way. I've yeah. seen people do this where they're kind of on their tiptoes, and their upper body still kind of gliding into that yeah. next yeah. where they got to go. And then I've also seen it and done this where you're on one foot and you're definitely going to fall over if you don't make the shot yeah. soon and keep yep. moving. Yep. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, I do, I do think it gives you that that you know finding out. At different distances, different positions, different movements, where can you make the shot and where can't you make the shot? Um, so I, I actually kind of like that aspect of it specifically because I, I you know, I, again, 
I've, I don't, I've not been shot at um, in, this, in this kind of situation where you would make the decision, that guy needs serviced more than I need to, you know, more than I need to keep moving to the next point of cover. Now, that, and, and the, there's, you know, well, why would you ever do that? You'd never do that if you're running from one point of cover to another. Well, maybe part of your team's exposed and you're the guy who has that shot and you're going to take the chance to, to get set up and make sure that you dump the bad guy before he hurts someone else on your team, including yeah. you. Um, you know, Maybe so I'm in a foot chase and the dude yeah. turns around with a gun. Yeah. You know, who knows, who knows what that is and we can all dream up a what if, but I, I can definitely see, I can dream up two or three what ifs right now. I'm sure there's a million more where that would be a viable thing where I need to, I need to make a quality shot. What's a quality shot at what distance, how fast, under what circumstances. So I think that's what it's for personally. That's yeah. what I use it for. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, to also say we have done this drill with double stack barrels where there's a point of cover at every yeah, position. Absolutely. Um, changes, you know, the timer kind of goes out the window. Yeah. But you're getting in and out of cover a lot more. Exactly. Um, and again, and I don't think the bringing up the, it wasn't an opposition to the drill so much as a recognition of why, the why of it. Um, so I, I thought that was, again, another one of these things that I really enjoy about this group of guys is that there's, there's thoughtful, it wasn't even debate. It was just an observation. Hey, what about this? You know, the why of it um, was was pretty cool to have that come up and have that discussion too. So pretty pretty good group of dudes when you think about it on that perspective. So yeah, yeah. cool. Anything yeah. else? Um, if you're you know you should be running a light on your gun. Yep. Um, get out and train with it. Yeah. You know, figure out how to make stuff work in low light. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this again you can do you know dry fire be that in the basement you know on the farm, um, whatever. Yep. Um, yes, it's cool to actually shoot guns in low light um, but i think 90 percent or more of the lessons learned you can do dry or with an airsoft gun or whatnot yeah nowhere near necessary it's not you can you can get the vast majority of the fundamentals in just as you can with in, in the light with no ammo same kind of conversation it's definitely a thing um yeah so i, I have zero issues with that at all so yep good yeah. stuff well I, I think this was a good breakdown and everybody because of the progression of stuff we've done over the last few weeks or the last few months this put a lot of stuff together and also brought some things to light about, hey, the why or the what, and kind of made everything gel. Good stuff. Yep. So, cool. Uh, yeah, on that note, uh, as we come across cool training drills, ideas, whatnot, uh, we generally link to them on our social media accounts, uh, along with inventory that we get into the store. You can find that on Facebook and Instagram. Search for Cap City Outfitters. Please follow us there. Um, you may need to tweak your notification settings. So that you actually see our stuff, um, those fascist bastards. Yeah, so you don't get are, sucked. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, trying to minimize the appearance of gun stuff and whatnot. Uh, so be 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 advised if you haven't seen our things as frequently as perhaps you used to. Uh, on our website, you can find valuable information such as how to do an FFL transfer, along with how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at SilencerShop.com. Uh, we do an email newsletter once a week on Fridays. You can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com. Or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com, and we will happily add you to the email newsletter list. And lastly, we look forward to seeing you at the store. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're right in front of Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. Uh, our hours are 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. And we hope to see you soon. Thanks, guys.